Romans today, chapter 8, starting in verse 12. Vamos a leer hoy Romanos capítulo 8, empezando en el versículo 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Por tanto, hermanos, tenemos una obligación, pero no es la de vivir conforme en la naturaleza pecaminosa. Porque si ustedes viven conforme a ella, morirán. Pero si por medio del Espíritu dan muerte a los malos hábitos del cuerpo, vivirán. For all who are led by the Spirit are of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Porque todos los que son guiados por el Espíritu de Dios son hijos de Dios. Y ustedes no recibieron un espíritu que de nuevo los esclavice al miedo, sino el espíritu que los adopta como hijos y les permite clamar, Abba, Padre. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. El Espíritu mismo nos asegura en nuestro espíritu que somos hijos de Dios. Y si somos hijos, somos herederos, herederos de Dios y coherederos con Cristo. Pues si ahora sufrimos con Él, también tendremos parte con Él en su gloria. Help us this morning. Dios, ayúdanos esta mañana. Teach us, Lord, how to obey you, how to love you as your children. Enséñanos, Señor, cómo obedecerte y cómo amarte como tus hijos. Lord, let this word transform our hearts and renew our minds. Señor, que esta palabra transforme nuestros corazones y renueve nuestras mentes. Lord, help us never to be Running away from you, Lord, but always running towards you. Dios, ayúdanos a no huir de ti, pero correr hacia ti. Lord, guide us this morning by your Holy Spirit. Guíanos esta mañana por tu Espíritu Santo. In Jesus' name. En el nombre de Jesús. Amen. Please be seated. Pueden tomar asiento. How's everybody today? ¿Cómo están todos hoy? Good. Bien. I was talking earlier with uh, with someone and asking them if they ever fell asleep in service before. Más temprano estaba hablando con alguien y le pregunté si a veces se duerme durante el servicio. Who's fallen asleep in the service before? ¿Quién se ha dormido en el servicio? Hopefully not when I was preaching. Espero que no sea cuando yo estoy hablando, ¿verdad? Hope not. So we're going to continue in this letter by Paul this morning. Let me see if I can recount in a, in a little different way um, where, we, where we're at to this point in Romans. And so one of, one of my favorite New Testament authors would would uh, would re, would give us this connection with Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 as a retelling of the Exodus story. Uno de, de mis autores favoritos um, decía que este, este, esta parte de Romanos en la que estamos, capítulos 6, 7, 8, son una, un cuento o un, un recuento de la historia del Éxodo. So if you, don't, if you don't know this Exodus story, it's the story of Moses, right? Second book of the Bible. Si no conocen la historia del Éxodo es la de Moisés, es la eh, el segundo libro de la Biblia. And so beginning with chapter 6, we see there the uh, the passing passing through the waters of, of baptism. Y empezando en capítulo 6 está hablando de de cómo pasamos por el bautismo, por por el agua del bautismo. So Romans chapter 6 your Passing through the waters of baptism is is a, is a retelling, really, of a picture of 
the Exodus, we are uh, the children of Israel come out of Israel, pass through the waters of the Red Sea, and are delivered from the slavery of Egypt. Y este, las aguas de bautismo representan uh, las aguas que cruzaron lo, el pueblo de Israel cuando estaban escapando de la esclavitud de Egipto, igual que nosotros estamos escapando a la esclavitud del pecado. Yeah, and then now, as, as uh, Martín said, now as we pass through those baptismal waters, we're, we're, we are set free from our old life of, of sin. We're not slaves to the sin anymore. Y ahora ya no somos esclavos al pecado, somos libres uh, en la nueva vida. And then we come, as the children of Israel did, after they passed through the waters, they come to, the, to Mount Sinai. Y luego, después de cruzar las aguas, lo, el pueblo de Israel llegó a la montaña de, de Sinaí. And there they received the law of God. Y ahí recibieron la ley de Dios. And much like that, in chapter 7, we, we see this struggle that Paul has with obeying the law. He, he knows the law, it's a good thing, but he, he has the struggle to obey it. Y capítulo 7 romanos vemos que uh, Pablo ha recibido la ley pero es una batalla para él poder obedecer la ley igual que para el pueblo de Israel yeah. in the same way again the children of Israel they, they, they had the law but they failed to obey it it, it would crush them under the weight of, of that responsibility of the law el pueblo de Israel tenía la ley pero la ley era tan pesado que, que ellos no podían seguirlo bien And so what, what finally happens there is God comes to dwell with them in his spirit. He comes to dwell with them and then lead them himself into the promised land to get their inheritance. And again, in the same way, we feel the weight of the law But thank God there's now no condemnation in Christ. We reach this chapter 8 where the spirit, we're told, is given to us so that we might live a life of faith, trusting God. Igual nosotros tenemos el peso de la ley encima, pero también tenemos el Espíritu de Dios que viene con nosotros para poder darnos su poder para And that spirit, of course, assures, of, uh, assures us and takes us to our inheritance. So if the spirit of the one true God dwells in you, then you have that power, the power of the resurrection to live for God. Then To be truly human is to live by the Spirit. El ser humano 100% es el vivir a través del Espíritu. So now let's, let's move into verse 12. Vamos a empezar entonces viendo versículo 12 de este capítulo 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Por tanto, hermanos, no tenemos una obligación pero no es la de vivir conforme a la naturaleza pecaminosa. So we're not obligated to live to obey our sinful nature. No tenemos la obligación de obedecer nuestra naturaleza pecaminosa. Our eyes have been opened and the Spirit is beginning to do the work in us. Nuestros ojos han sido abiertos y el Espíritu está empezando a trabajar dentro de nosotros. Our obligations have changed. We now are obligated to obey the Spirit of God. And not because we have to, but because we want to, we desire it. So God not only changes what we do, but what we want to do. Dios no solo cambia lo que hacemos, sino que lo, queremos, lo que queremos hacer. And because the love that we have for God, it compels us to obey Him. Y por el amor que tenemos por Dios, nos uh, obliga a hacerlo. A parallel to this would be uh, Romans chapter 7, where we were just at, in, in verse 5. En versículo 5 del capítulo 7, uh, habla acerca de esto también. 
For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. Que dice, porque cuando nuestra naturaleza pecaminosa aún nos dominaba, las malas pasiones de la ley nos despertaban, actuaban, perdón, nos despertaba, actuaban en los miembros de nuestro cuerpo y dábamos fruto para muerte. Right, so that, that which your, your reward is for that sin is death. La, lo que merecemos por el pecado es la muerte. You know, I look, I look back myself at my life before Christ and uh, the sinful pleasures that I enjoyed before. Pienso en mi vida antes de Cristo y en, las, en los placeres pecaminosos que disfrutaba antes. And there was, there was a, a moment of pleasure there, but the, uh, the regret, the guilt, those things lasted much longer. Than, than the pleasure did. Y si había momentos de, de placer en los pecados, pero duraban solo un poco, y después la vergüenza, el, uh, la culpabilidad, el dolor del pecado siempre uh, permanecía. Yeah, someone once said that, that sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. Alguien dijo una vez que el pecado te va, se va a aferrar de ti más de lo que And it'll cost you more than you want to pay for it. But the Spirit, as it says, if you jump back up to verse 6, gives life and it gives peace. Again, I look back at that life, the, the anxiety, the, the wondering, the hope that, that was, was hopeless at that time in my sin. Yo me acuerdo de la vida de antes que no tenía esperanza y estaba buscando algo, um, pero no lo encontraba. Y eso era resultado del pecado. So I want to be obligated to God. I, I, because I love Him, I desire to do what He, what pleases Him. Entonces yo quiero esa obligación con Dios. Porque deseo a Él, yo quiero hacer lo que le agrada. Again, to be truly human is to live by the Spirit of Christ. El ser humano verdadero es el vivir de acuerdo al Espíritu de Cristo. See, Christ didn't come just to be an example for us. Cristo no vino solo para ser nuestro ejemplo. If you tried to just simply live your life like Jesus, you, you, would, you would wear yourself out and you would be, you know, frustrated in not being able to do it. Si tú intentarías vivir tu vida igual que lo hizo Jesús, uh, lo único que pasaría sería que uh, te, te ibas a frustrar y no ibas a poder hacerlo. So Christ shows us how to live, but he gives us the power of the Spirit to live it. Dios nos muestra cómo vivir, pero también nos da el poder por el Espíritu de poder vivir así. And to love living it. Y de amar Look at verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. To put to death has been uh, called and I guess an old English term like a mortification. El, el poner o el, el matar uh, el cuerpo antiguo uh, tiene un término que, que es la mortificación. So here's what one author says about this mortification, this putting to death of the flesh. Y un autor habla acerca de esto. Mortification is not a method for living a holy life. La mortificación no es un método para poder vivir una vida santa. It is not a method. It is a mentality. No es un método. Es una mentalidad. It is faith at work. Se trata de la fe con, uh, por medio de trabajar. It is a determination to stop dying and to start living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Es la determinación de ya no morir y empezar a vivir en el Espíritu Santo y, y la, y todo la, 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 la
with elaboration. It is hunger and thirsting for righteousness so much that we act boldly to lay hold of it. Es el tener hambre y sed de justicia tanto que actuamos um, con uh, compasión para poder agarrarlo. Looking to the Lord moment by moment for his strength. Mirando hacia el Señor momento tras momento para su fortaleza. So we, we see though there those echoes of the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. Vemos ahí como él está hablando también del Sermón del Monte que dio Jesús en Mateo capítulo 5. But if you've ever read uh, Matthew chapter 5, I mean, you read those things and you think, man, how, how do I live this way? Si han leído Mateo capítulo 5, uh, vemos las cosas que dice Jesús y, y pensamos, Right, I remember before, uh, I think it was before, it it's gets fuzzy the older you get, but uh, <laughs> I remember re uh, getting a Bible and, and reading it. So I get, I open it up to Matthew chapter 5. So in there it says, If you look at a woman with lust in your eye, then it's, and it's the same as committing adultery. So Jesus is saying, don't, don't do that. And I'm thinking, that's, that's impossible. Jesus is saying, don't do that. And I'm thinking, that's So I closed the Bible and decided not to read it for a while. <laughs> uh, because it is, I mean, you, you think about it, and without the Spirit to give you the love for God, the desire to serve Him and follow Him rather than to do what comes natural, well, you know, it, it's hard. Porque lo que nos pide la Biblia no se puede hacer. Es algo muy difícil hacerlo sin el poder del Espíritu. So, it, so the Spirit comes, and then you get the Word of God into your heart. Right, and that stirs in you a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Now, that's why we, we should meditate on, on the Proverbs. The Proverbs teach us how to honor people. Right? How to, how to love them, how to live with them. And then the Psalms teach us how to honor God, how to love Him, how to live with Him. And then as we meditate on those things, that informs our prayer life so we know what is good to pray about. Mientras meditamos en estas cosas, podemos entender más de, de cómo debemos orar. Right, so when we come to God, we know the things we should be hungering and thirsting for. Entonces, cuando venimos a Dios, vamos a conocer las cosas que deberíamos de tener hambre y sed para, para esas cosas. The Spirit must be what motivates you to obey. El Espíritu debe ser lo que te motiva para obedecer. I love God, therefore I want to please Him. Amo a Dios, entonces quiero agradecerle. You know, I, when, I, when I say that, I, I think about my son. I mean, I want him to obey me, but I, I don't want him to obey me because he has to, but because he loves me and he desires to. Pienso, cuando hablo de esto, en mi hijo, y, y lo mismo ocurre con él, que yo quiero que él me obedezca, no porque tiene que hacerlo, sino que porque me ama y quiere obedecerme. Let's go to verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Porque todos los que son guiados por el Espíritu de Dios son hijos de Dios. Here's a, here's a great privilege and responsibility to be called a son of God. Es un privilegio y también una responsabilidad muy grande ser llamados hijos de Dios. God didn't do a small thing in order for this to be possible. 
no fue cosa pequeña lo que hizo Dios para hacer que esto fuera posible. He came in flesh in the person of Christ. He, he went to the cross, suffered the ultimate eternal punishment as the son. Él vino a la tierra en, en forma de su hijo Jesucristo. Sufrió en la cruz uh, el, uh, el castigo que nosotros merecíamos. So that, yeah, so that you could be called a son of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Todo esto para que tú fueras llamado hijo de Dios por medio de la fe en Cristo. Of course, we are sons of God, but not exactly like Jesus. Todos somos hijos de Dios, pero pero no igual a Jesús, obviamente. Because of course, Jesus wasn't wasn't an adopted son; he was eternally God, God's son. Porque Dios no es un hijo adoptivo; él es Dios eterno. El hijo de Dios por la eternidad. Yeah, even before he ever took on flesh. But we are like him in that we can cry out to God as Father. We've said before that, that the Jews in Jesus' day were not encouraged to call, call God Father. Uh, habíamos dicho antes que los judíos en la era de Jesús no, no se animaban mucho a llamarle Dios Padre. See, they wanted to keep God as, at a distance. He was holy. He's transcendent. You should be afraid and, and keep him away from you. Ellos querían mantener su distancia de Dios porque Él es santo, uh, trascendente, omnipotente. Entonces, uh, había un poco de temor y, y querían mantener... Uh, they thought that that uh, thinking of God this way would keep them from worshiping idols. Ellos pensaban que el pensar así de Dios les iba a ayudar a no alabar a los ídolos. Right, this is what led to to the exile. So so you keep God at a distance, you you're afraid of him, then then you're going to obey him. Pero esto es lo lo Justo lo que causó el exilio de Israel. Mantenían a Dios a una distancia, entonces dejaban de obedecerlo, de amarlo. Yeah, if, uh, if you're not familiar with the exile, God, God destroys the temple in Jerusalem and, and, and uh, has the Babylonians carry off uh, the Israelites because of their idol worship and disobedience of him. Si no conocen lo que es el exilio, fue cuando... Uh, los babilonios destruyeron el templo de Israel y Dios permitió que ellos se llevaran todos los israelitas fuera de su tierra. And again, this is why uh, they wanted to keep God uh, in this position. So if you're afraid of him, then you're, you're not going to go wandering off into that idol worship. Pero es la razón que querían uh, mantener una distancia de Dios es que decían, si, si tú temes a Dios, no vas a ir a but fear is not the best motivator. We don't have to be afraid that God would reject us. For we are his children by faith in Christ. Which it says here in, in, as we read verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Ustedes no recibieron un espíritu que de nuevo los esclavice al miedo, sino el espíritu que los adopta como hijos y les permite clamar, Abba, Padre. There's that, there's that echo again of the Exodus, right? The children of Israel falling back into the fear. Oh, we're going to be slaves again. No, God has rescued you. Vemos aquí otro parecido de la historia del Éxodo, que los israelitas tenían temor de Dios, que Dios los iba a rechazar de nuevo, pero dice aquí que el Espíritu nos permite ser hijos de Dios, que Él no nos va a rechazar. But again, here, here, I think again of, of my son. My son doesn't have to fear that I would re ever reject him. Otra vez me hace pensar en mi hijo. Mi hijo nunca tiene que temer 
que yo lo voy a rechazar. You know, I think about that uh, one time Zach was, uh, he's not here so I can talk about him. He was having a, a difficult time. He was in that, you know, teenage period where, where these, a lot of changes were happening inside. Él estaba en esa ese tiempo de de cuando era joven de que estaban cambiando muchas cosas dentro de él. And it was really difficult for him to to uh, do what I asked him to do. Y era muy difícil para él hacer lo que yo le pedía. And and I was struggling with that, you know, because I mean, you want your child to behave, but you just don't want it just to be about the behavior, right? You want it to be about the heart. Yo estaba luchando con esto porque uh, como padre quería que mi hijo obedeciera, pero no por una obligación o por, por algo que él tiene, tenía fuerzas que hacer, pero que la obediencia viniera de su corazón. So, I remember one night being really uh, frustrated with him. Me, me acuerdo una noche estaba muy frustrado con él. But I was praying a lot about it, and, and, and this night, uh, I knew what I needed to tell him. I told him, you know, this is a difficult time for you, Zach, but I said, no matter what happens, I will always love you. Le dije, yo sé que es un tiempo difícil para ti, Zach, y, pero la verdad es que no importa qué pasa, yo siempre te voy a amar. You better obey me or I'll beat you down. No, I'm just kidding. Obedeceme o te voy a pegar. No, no es cierto. No, but I, but I think that was a turning point where he saw that, that I did have a love for him and, and I knew the struggle, but I was with him. Y, y yo creo que eso fue un punto de de empezar a mejorar las cosas porque él vio que, que yo sí le amaba y que uh, aunque era difícil yo quería lo mejor para él. See, I'm not able to love my, my son perfectly. Yo no puedo amar perfectamente a mi hijo. But God's made a way for us to call him father and, and he is a perfect father. Pero Dios ha hecho una manera para nosotros poder llamarle padre. Y él sí es un padre perfecto. Yeah, so how has he done that? Well, we read how, how it's ab he's able to do it. He, he's adopted us. ¿Y cómo puede hacerlo? Pues lo acabamos de leer. Él nos ha adoptado. We can cry out to him. Podemos clamarle a él como hijo. It says here that you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Dice el versículo que hemos recibido el Espíritu que nos adopta como hijos. See, we haven't earned that sonship. God has come and we have received it. Nosotros no merecíamos ser hijos de Dios. Dios se acercó a nosotros y nos lo dio. Just like John tells us in John uh, 1.12. Igual que Juan nos dice en Juan 1.12. says, but all But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Dice, para todos los que sí le recibieron, a los que creyeron en su nombre, él les dio el derecho de ser hijos de Dios. Right, it's not, it's not by the will of man. I think it goes on to say it's not by something that we did, but God gave it and we received it. No es por la voluntad del hombre, sigue diciendo. Es no es por algo que nosotros hicimos, sino por lo que Dios hizo y nosotros lo recibimos. No one is a child of God unless they've received, received the Son by faith and believed in His name. Nadie puede ser hijo de Dios a menos que reciben al Hijo de Dios y lo llaman por su nombre. Yeah, those God gave that right to call, to be called children of God. Para eso Dios les dio el derecho de ser llamados hijos. You know, this relationship is intimate. It is personal. Esta relación que tenemos con él sí es algo personal, es algo íntimo. That's why we can cry out to him just as Jesus did in the garden. 
Por eso podemos clamar a él, igual que Jesús hizo en We're able through this adoption uh, to know inside as we cry out, God, I know you hear me and I know you will answer. It may be hard to understand that, uh, how personal that is. Puede ser un poco difícil entender qué tan personal es esta relación que tenemos. In fact, uh, there, there was a pastor who, who had a hard time understanding that until he, he began this process uh, of adoption. Había un pastor que también luchaba con mantener uh, esta relación personal con Dios hasta que él empezó a hacer el proceso de, de adoptar. So this pastor and his wife were, were going to adopt a couple of children in Russia. So they, they went there, they visited the orphanage, and, and the, the worst thing about the, the place wasn't the smell, although that was bad. Y la cosa peor del orfanatorio no era el olor, aunque lo olía muy mal. And it wasn't because it was so dirty, it was that too. No era porque estaba muy sucio el lugar, porque sí estaba sucio. But the worst thing about this orphanage was that it was silent. Pero la cosa peor del orfanatorio es que era completamente silencio. Había silencio completo. Right, filled with babies, but not one cry. So, I mean, you might have been by the nursery a couple times here, and, and uh, it don't take more than a couple of them to get going. But here in this orphanage, dead silence, nothing. All you could hear was a, a little bit of the rocking of a crib, maybe banging on the on the side of the wall or something. And it, it's because it's it's been said that that babies, if they cry and they never get a response, nobody ever comes and and gives love to them, then they just simply stop crying. Nadie les pone atención cuando están llorando. Si nadie viene a ayudarles cuando quieren algo, pues van a ver que el llorar no, no resulta nada y dejan de llorar. And of course these babies were that way. There was nobody there to love them, to pick them up and hug them, so they just, they just stopped crying. Y esto había pasado con estos bebés. No había nadie que les respondía, que, que les amaba, entonces dejaron. So the pastor and his wife uh, were introduced to their two little prospective uh, boys that were they were going to adopt. Entonces el pastor y su esposa pudieron conocer a los niños que iban a adoptar. Both of them one year old. Los dos tenían un año. And they began to love them, you know, and, and read them books that they didn't understand and, and, uh, and just, you know, shower them with love. Y ellos empezaron a amarles, a, a leerles libros y and you know they didn't get a, a lot of you know compassion or response out of them but they kept coming back and I, I can't remember what it was a week or two they you know they get to do these visits but then there comes a point where they have to leave the child and go back to the states entonces uh, visitaron con los niños, yo creo que era una semana más o menos, pero después en el proceso eh, ellos tuvieron que regresar a, a los Estados Unidos. And sin, so, sin los niños. yeah, so basically it's because the, the rest of the process is the paperwork has to be done. When you're approved, then you can come back and pick up the, the children. Porque había todavía uh, papele, uh, papeleo que tenían que hacer y todo el proceso entonces tenían que esperar un tiempo antes de poder llevar los niños a su casa so this day came the the couple visited the boys they they hugged them they 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 of course you know tried to tell them you know we're we're going away but we'll be back and I'm sure there were there were tears that were being shed by the 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 parents entonces ellos se despidieron de los niños me imagino que estaban llorando y 
But the children didn't cry at all. But as, they, as the couple walked away, I'll, I'll read to you what happened. And that was when I heard the scream, says the pastor. Little Maxim fell back in his crib and let out a harsh yell. Maxim se llamaba el niño. Él cayó en, en su cuna y gritó con, con fuerza. It seemed he knew maybe for the first time that he would be heard. Era parecido, parecía que él sabía que por primera vez alguien lo iba a escuchar. On some primal level, he knew he had a father and mother now. En lo profundo, él sabía que ahora tenía un padre y una, una madre. I will never forget how the hairs on my arm arms stood up as I heard the yell. Nunca se me va a olvidar cómo los vellos de, de mis brazos uh, se pararon cuando escuché ese grito. I was struck maybe for the first time by the force of the Abba cry passages in the New Testament. Y yo entendí tal vez por la primera vez uh, la fuerza que tenían los, los pasajes del Nuevo Testamento donde dice Abba Padre. And I was surprised by how little I had gotten it until now. Y me sorprendí también de, de qué poco yo había entendido ese, esos pasajes hasta, hasta ahora. And I think that's a point we need to come to, where we sense that when we cry out to God, He is there, He will listen to us. Y ese es el punto a donde quiero que lleguemos nosotros, que cuando gritamos al Señor, sabemos que Él está ahí because he's a father that cares infinitely more for us. We can cry out because we've received the spirit of adoption as sons. And finally, verse 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. El Espíritu mismo les asegura a nuestro espíritu que somos hijos de Dios. Y si somos hijos, somos herederos. Herederos de Dios y coherederos con Cristo. Pues si ahora sufrimos con él, también tendremos parte con él en su gloria. So the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. El Espíritu de Dios le da testigo a nuestro espíritu. Something supernatural has to happen within your heart. Algo sobrenatural tiene que ocurrir dentro de tu corazón. It's not, it's not simply repeating some prayer, but, but something deep within you has to change. No se trata de solo repetir una or oración o algo así, sino que algo dentro de ti tiene que cambiar. When you receive Christ and you're found in him, you have changed and there should be evidence of that change. Cuando recibes a Cristo y te encuentras en él, debe de haber evidencia de un cambio. God gives you new desires. Dios te va a dar deseos nuevos. New hopes, new dreams, nuevos esperanzas, nuevos sueños, and new priorities. Prioridades nuevas. This is evidence of the Spirit bearing witness within you. It doesn't have to be some powerful thing. No tiene que ser una cosa grandiosa o, o espectacular. Some angel visiting you or, or a burning bush. Although for some it has been that. But most of the time it's just a quiet change of direction in your life. And I think it is when you realize that you are an adopted son of God. 
en ese momento es cuando te das cuenta que eres un hijo adoptado por Dios. You know, adoption probably is something we should talk about more in church. La adopción es algo que creo que deberíamos tratar más en la iglesia. Because if we realize the context here in which Paul is referring to, then we'd see not only that it is a, is a cry of intimacy as we call uh, God Abba Father, but, but also for another reason. Porque si nos damos cuenta del, del contexto que vemos aquí, del que habla, habla Pablo, vemos que uh, hay otra razón de que podemos llamar uh, Abba. Adoption was a much more customary legal procedure in Roman society than in the Hebrew or Near East culture. La adopción en la sociedad um, romana era algo muy diferente que, que en la sociedad de, de los hebreos. Paul, being a Roman citizen, was quite familiar with the procedure. Pablo era, um, reconocía o conocía mejor al, el proceso romano de la adopción. Adoption usually occurred when a wealthy adult had no heir for his estate. La adopción ocurría uh, con frecuencia cuando um, un individuo rico no tenía heredero para su, um, sus, su fortuna. He would then adopt someone as heir. It could be a child or a youth or an adult. Él entonces uh, adoptaba a alguien como para ser su heredero. Podía ser un niño o un adulto. The moment adoption occurred, several things were immediately true of the new son. El momento que se completaba la adopción, había varias cosas que eran verdades, eran verdad inmediatamente después. You might want to try to scribble down these four things real quick. Uh, si, si quieren apuntar, eran cuatro cosas. So number one that would happen for this new son is that his old debts and legal obligations were canceled. El primero es que para el nuevo hijo, sus obligaciones y deudas legales se estaban canceladas, las que él tenía, las que el hijo tenía antes. Should I repeat that? Yes. So his old debts and legal obligations were canceled. Sus obligaciones y deudas de antes se cancelaban. Number two. He got a new name and was instantly heir of all the father had. Número dos es que él recibió un nuevo nombre y um, inmediatamente era heredero de todo lo que le pertenecía al padre. There's some echoes there if you remember the prodigal son. Si se acuerdan del hijo pródigo, hablaba de esto. So let me repeat that number two again. He got a new name and was instantly heir of all the father had. Number three. His new father became instantly liable for all of his actions, his debts, crimes, etc. Number three is that the new father culpable por todas las acciones del, del nuevo hijo, sus deudas, sus crímenes, etc. Again, I'll repeat that. His new father became instantly liable for all of his actions, his debts, crimes, etc. El nuevo padre inmediatamente era culpable de todas las acciones de, del nuevo hijo, sus deudas, crímenes, etc. But, and finally, number four, the new son also had new obligations to honor and please his father. Again, number four, the new son also had new obligations to honor and please his father. And that all that lies behind this passage here. So how much more do we have in Christ? So we have at least that 
and not less than that. In Christ, in Christ the debt is canceled. You have a new name, you're a child of God. And all the Father has is yours. Your new father will never leave you, never forsake you. Your past can never be held against you. But you have an obligation now to honor and to please your holy father. So whenever you think about uh, that old life, you know, think about the guilt, think about the, the emptiness of the old sinful life. Entonces, cuando pienses en la vida vieja, piensa en lo vacío y lo culpable que te sentías. Your, your reaction to that should be uh, like a friend of mine's reaction was to his, his past. Tu reacción a, a pensar en esto debe de ser como a friend of mine was was raised by his uh, drug addicted father for for most of his life up until about high school. Este amigo um, fue criado por su padre que era adicto era drogadicto um, hasta que él este el hijo llegó a la, la high school la preparatoria. And so at that time the the father uh, was was put in prison. And so a friend, a good friend of his, and their and their family adopted him into their family. And just like I, I read to you, instantly everything that was their own children's was his. He he had his own room. He had. He had uh, a place at the table and, and all the love of a mother and father. And it was wonderful. He, he couldn't believe his life. But one day his father came back and said, Son, you can come back and live with me. And as soon as his father said that, he could smell the drugs that his father used to use in the house. He could see the filthy house and the and the the, the uh, sink full of dirty dishes. And the stench of the the dry the the, the molding rotting food. And he said to his father, why, why would I ever go back to that? You see, the problem is we don't see our sin that way. If we saw our sin that way, we would never, never go back to it. But we would rejoice in our new father, our, our holy father who loves us infinitely. Think for a moment about your life before Christ. What were you thinking? What were you doing? What were you saying? 
tú estabas pensando, qué estabas haciendo, qué estabas diciendo. Why would you ever go back? ¿Por qué quisieras volver? You have a privilege of being an adopted son of God. Tú tienes el privilegio de ser un hijo adoptado de Dios. But with that privilege comes great responsibility and, and it is not without suffering. Pero junto con el privilegio viene una gran responsabilidad. Y, y sí hay sufrimiento también. Again, that's the way that, that verse 17 ends, right? Con eso termina el versículo 17. But we'll talk about that more next week. Pero eso lo vamos a ver más adelante. Más en la siguiente semana. Let's pray. Vamos a orar. God, we want to know that we are your children. Dios, queremos saber que somos tus hijos. Lord, I pray for anyone here who doesn't have that relationship with you. Te pido por todos los que están aquí que no tienen esa relación contigo. I pray that that person would receive you, God, and would believe in your name. Te pido que ellos te reciban, Dios, y que crean en tu nombre. They would put their faith in Christ alone. Que pongan su fe en Cristo solo. For with him we have the spirit and we have the power to live a life that pleases you. Porque en él tenemos el espíritu y tenemos el poder de vivir la vida que te agrade a ti. Lord, thank you for your infinite love. Gracias por tu amor infinito, Señor. Have, help us never be afraid to suffer for what is good. Ayúdanos a nunca temer el sufrimiento por hacer lo bien. Lord, teach us through your word how to live a life that pleases you. Señor, enséñanos a través de tu palabra cómo vivir una vida que te agrada a ti. Lord, let us take joy in that. Ayúdanos a regocijar en eso, Señor. Y nunca temer que tú me rechaces. Te amamos, Señor. En el nombre de Cristo.